This is a program about going deeper. It's about creating a culture of learning. It's about putting apostolic feet to prophetic hope. It is our mission to purposefully equip the world to transform their region with God's love. We want to create an atmosphere of divine influence to the nations by walking in the power of His Holy Spirit with a faith that shapes the future. Welcome to Eagle Mountain Radio. Everyone, welcome to Eagle Mountain Radio. I'll be your host today. My name is Bobby from Eagle Mountain, and we're super excited to have special guest with us, Steve Wilson from Isaiah 9-7. Steve, how are you doing? Fantastic. Thank you, Bobby. You have been uh, an important part of Isaiah 9-7, so what a thrill to be with you today. It's good to have you with us. We're going to be talking about an amazing mountain that we love to see shifted, and it's so timely to have the kingdom of God shifting the government mountain, and who better to talk with us about that than you, Steve. I'm super excited not only about this Isaiah 9-7 event coming up, um, but also just what you're doing um, to shift that mountain and what the Lord's given you as far as strategy. So let's just uh, dive right in. Tell us uh, your testimony and uh, how it relates to government. Sure. In 2004, I was reading a book um, called The Dream Giver by Bruce Wilkinson. And in the book, it says, hey, you should ask God what his spiritual purpose is for your life. And I thought, eh. Okay, I think I'll do that. I didn't really hear from God at that time, so I didn't really expect anything uh, to come from that question. But I asked anyways, so God, what is your spiritual purpose for me? And he answered uh, in my spirit. And I thought, whoa. Uh, and what he made it very clear is that my spiritual purpose is government. Well, I told him it wasn't. Uh, but no, he insisted that it was. And I still told them, no, I, I don't think so. Uh, but eventually he won. And so I spent the next 14 years after that training, uh, God doing training in my life to help me understand what his desire is for the next generation of government. And it looks different uh, than the past generation of government. Uh, the next generation of government is going to be different in, in that the past government you would typically just get a calling from God, and then you would step into physical, political science or politics. But the future government that I believe God is showing us is that we will first step into his spiritual heavenly government on earth. And then as we step into that, and we come into love and unity with those around us, then we will step over into earthly government and will be more effective if we operate from the posture of heavenly government as we step into the earthly government. So that's the difference, and that's the training that he's had me on uh, from 2004 to 2018. Wow, that's incredible. Now, that's a perfect segue into really my next question, Steve, and that is the Isaiah 9-7 movement and that government of heaven so how uh, did that begin for you? What's your part in that Isaiah 9-7 movement, and how did that begin for you? Well, it's kind of a different story, Bobby. Um, I went to an event in 2018, 
that uh, that you might be familiar with. Uh, Hanny Soriel has a global leadership uh, symposium, and I attended the first one that he had in the Czech Republic. Came home from that, and I was launched. Uh, and we started doing Isaiah nine seven, but. Satan wasn't excited as much as I was excited about it. <laughs> so it's interesting because if you've ever worked in the government mountain, you find that that's home base for Satan. Mm. Uh, and so when we were right at the point of launching Isaiah 9-7, uh, we had a prophet from our area that called and said, hey, can I come over to your house? I, I really need to talk to you tonight. And my wife and I were like, whoa. Okay. Uh, and he said, Satan is taking notice of what you're doing in government. And he's going to come after you. And God is going to allow it for a time, but then he's going to turn it into good. Hmm. And so that was, I believe, October of 2019. On November 12th of that next month, in 2019, both my wife and I were scheduled for throat surgery on the same day. Just oh, wow. fast forward a month. How often does that happen that wow. husband and wife are scheduled for throat surgery on the same day to shut down their voice? Right. Wow. For a period of time. So she was scheduled for surgery at one hospital. I was scheduled for surgery at a different hospital. It turned out that she didn't have to have the surgery. I went on to survive cancer three times over the course of the next year after that. And now I'm a year cancer free. Yay. And we're starting to pick the ministry back up and launch it forward. Um, but it shows you that the takeaway is, is that if you're going to step into the government mountain, you better have a team of intercessors around you very early in the process. Yes. Wow. What a powerful story. And what a insight into the devil's plan to take away the voice of those that are going after the government mountain. And it sort of overplays the hand in terms of seeing how powerful our voices are in any mountain, but especially uh, government. And like you said, the government of God first. Steve, I love that. Now, tell me about vision, mission, purpose of uh, and for Isaiah 9-7. A year after I came back from that global symposium, then I went to this event called Hub Nation. And that was uh, about a year later. And uh, it's in Bend, Oregon, if you're not familiar with it. <laughs> and at that event, I was, they were talking about divine strategies. And on the third morning, I woke up in my hotel room and God gave me four divine strategies. That's not four. That's four. <laughs> four divine strategies uh, for Isaiah 9-7. And that really launched uh, the movement. Prior to that, we had started for about a year from 2018-19, but we really didn't have a movement. We didn't really have direction yet from God. We were just kind of dabbling, you know, at the ground level. But then in 2019, after attending the Hub Nation, we had four divine strategies that came out of that event. And now two years later, we're going to come back for the conference, back to Ben for the first time that, that I will be there since that event. 
And we, at the conclusion of that conference, we will have completed and launched all four of those divine strategies, both that started at Bend, Oregon, and then were launched at Bend, Oregon two years later. So wow. when I bring up the idea at the beginning of our talk that you had influence, now you know what I meant by Bobby Hobby had influence. Wow, that's so good to hear, Steve. And that just is music to my ears because that is the prayer of uh, mine and Becky's and all of our team here at Eagle Mountain Apostolic Resource Center is to see people launched, connected, get behind them, and um, to hear your story. Hub Nation, for those of you watching, um, is a Seven Mountains or Spheres of Society conference that we do. It's really a summit calling leaders from those different arenas up to the top of the mountain to listen to divine strategies from thought leaders, presenters, inventors, um, and, and really, most of all, connection to the strategies of God for our life, heaven's blueprints. And so um, many leaders um, come from all over the globe, and, and they're a part of this, and, and we have a digital platform to that too. But then um, after those summits, and you know, just like any divine strategy, you've got to go home, you've got to get with your team. Uh, every Paul has a Barnabas or five, and they've got to connect and then you've got to be able to roll that out in a strategic way. And so it really sounds like you um, and your team, by the way, have uh, been able to launch all four. And then now to have you come back full circle to bend, uh, man, that's such a treat for me and Becky and our team to see that happening. And Steve, we're, we're so pleased and honored to, uh, to be a part of it. Amen. So then to answer your question, which I haven't really completely done yet, the vision of Isaiah 9-7 is to increase God's government in your city and your nation, whoever, wherever you are. And the mission is to equip apostolic teams in every city and nation in the world. The spiritual purpose of those apostolic teams is to seek God's will for your city and then align the city with God's will. So seek God's will for your city and then align your city with God's will. The first part of that is prophetic in nature. And then the second part that you like is apostolic in nature because you can't just hear what a prophet has to say. You eventually need to apply, as you say, ap apostolic feet to get the job done. And that's, that's where we're at in that statement and that spiritual purpose is we need to align the city with God's will. And so we've had some practice uh, doing that in the city where I live. And we're at the point now where we've been meeting, as you said, as a, as a spiritual team, apostolic team, whatever name you want to put on it. And we're in the process of launching $22 million in projects in the city that's come just directly out of that team of seven people yeah. for the purpose of aligning the city with God's will. The city council doesn't even know we exist. Many of the churches don't know we exist. But God, we've, we're coming together in unity and love with each other. And then we're asking God, okay, now what do you want us to do? And then he gives us the direction. And then we go out and do it. And that's where we're at at this point is $22 million in projects 
that are that we're going to soon be breaking ground on mm. uh, to be able to align God's will for the city that we live in with uh, uh, to align the city with his will. Wow. So for those watching, now you know why we've connected to Steve. Uh, putting apostolic feet to prophetic hope is what this new government is all about. It actually defines it. And so it's wonderful to have a vision, but it's another thing to have the right people around you to be able to walk it out. And then those moments of convergence where your opportunity meets your skill and divine favor, and they sort of kiss the earth. Uh, and the neat thing about it is... Uh, when we have a team around us, and we're not just doing it by ourselves, the Lord can add multiplication and doors of favor open up for you and visions that many have carried for decades um, suddenly come into fruition um, because there's this divine alignment now. So Isaiah 9-7, the government of God, explain to us what the Lord's shown you about the government of God and, and then give us an example regarding the the government of God? Well, there's lots of examples of, of the government of God throughout the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But I think there's one that is becoming more and more relevant today, uh, where we find ourselves in today's culture, Bobby. Uh, and that one goes back to the original government. We can look at Genesis 2, 15, 16, and 17, where God talks about the garden, and then the commandment, and then the moral choice, whether we want to follow it or not. All of them were intended to be free, uh, freedom, and, and he uses the word freely in the midst of those three verses. So the first one is what well, today we would consider economic because there's production and consumption in the garden. Then there's freedom of the, the government, uh, and then the freedom to make the choice for ourselves with free will, whether we want to be morally correct or not. So those that's a framework that God put in place as the original government. And so from that, we can say that the original government uh, was giving freedom or give freedom. Mm. Now, when Satan came, he challenged that concept. And we know that giving was the only commerce the only form of commerce that was in town at that point. Mm. And it remained to be the, the commerce of give was the only form of economic transfer at that time. But Satan challenged it and he challenged Eve and Eve stayed strong. He challenged Eve again. She stayed strong. He challenged Eve a third time. And, and the Bible says Eve took, mm. Eve took. Wow. At that point, there's a now, now there's a different commerce, a different method of commerce. And we know that Satan wanted to take control. So now you have a second approach, and that is to take control. So many people say, well, apply this to today. I want, I want something that's tangible to understand how to approach today yeah. with today's government, today's culture, today's world events. How do we do that? Well, today we have two different approaches. We have governments that want to give freedom, and we have governments that want to take control. Right. And if we look at the 20th century, well, if we look at the 19th and 20th century, we see that 
there was a movement of giving freedom to nations. And that movement of giving freedom to nations took 100% of the globe out of poverty, less than $2 of income adjusted for inflation and time, less than $2 a day on average per day. And we moved 90% of the globe out of that into prosperity. Mm. Today, only 10% of the globe is still in extreme poverty. Wow. So we went from 100% of the, the, the world in extreme poverty to now it's only 10% as a result of nations that are giving freedom, which comes right out of the original government from the book of Genesis. Now, conversely, throughout the 20th century, we've got governments that are trying to take control. Right. Using that same format that came out of Genesis 3. What was the result there? Hmm. The result there, when we look at namely China and, and the Soviet Union and Cambodia, according to the Black Book on Communism and Socialism, we had just those three nations resulted during the 20th century, according to that book, 92 million deaths. 92 million deaths from that form of government. So that gives you a contrast of those two forms that came right out of the book of Genesis that are now playing out today in today's world. And now we're seeing that take control occur right in our very nation here in the United States where you have certain states that are trying to give freedom and other states that seemingly are trying to take control. Mm. And we're seeing that play out, but that should give Christians some sense of which side they should fall down on. Go ahead, I can see you're getting ready to ask a question. No, that's so great. I'm just kind of like stewing on... Um, how God's government superimposes over earthly government and policy. I'm just seeing this transference, so to speak. Yes, there's a transference, transference of wealth, but can you imagine wealth without authority? And so how does the government of God sort of come over and superimpose over the earthly governments and policies? Well, we can see that God's government always works. And that example demonstrates that very clearly. Yep. That one brings uh, human flourishing and the other one brings death. And so God's government does work. And I think God is saying, I'm going to shake this earth. I'm going to shake it to the point where people are going to say, all right, that's enough. We're going to start aligning with God's government because we know it's working. And people are actually starting to do that now. Uh, if you follow somebody like Charlie Kirk, he'll talk about the idea that people are already moving out of states that are trying to have governments that take control, and they're moving to states where governments are providing and giving freedom. And so it works. God's government works. And go back to that thought about um, Eve took 
And that sort of shifted uh, a sense of government, even in those who were called to govern the earth from the very beginning. That was their assignment was to govern the earth or take dominion and multiply. But yet something shifted when it became a take society or atmosphere. Speak to that for a minute. Yeah, uh, so we have that today. And we both have a mutual friend uh, by the name of Dave Hodgson. He's got an entire movement based upon that idea of greed yeah. and self-centeredness. Yeah. And he basically talks about this idea that there's two forms. You can look at the same thing from the economic uh, sphere. And, and from an economic sphere, Dave would share with us if he were sitting here, that you can either have a, an approach of greed and self-centeredness, or you can approach the economic sphere from a posture of uh, of giving or of uh, caring and sharing, to use his words. So whether you're applying these principles to the government sphere or to the business sphere or any other sphere, they work. Right. Wow. So good. Give a, for those watching, a context, a New Testament context for the people of God setting policy. Sure, a lot of people would say, well, I don't really see any examples in the Bible of people in the New Testament setting policy. So should we really be in politics? And what we find is that when we put these teams together and, and they have apostolic feet and they're seeking God for their city, yeah, there many of them will align God's will for their city through business and economics. And some of them, of them will do it through the arts and entertainment. And some of them will do it through education. It depends upon whatever God's calling that city to be. Right. There might be, you might have a city that's a city of prosperity. You might have a city of innovation. You might have a city of health and healing. You ha might have a city of refuge. It might be a, a couple of those things. God's a creative God. He can create whatever city he wants. He can change his mind if he wants to. Um, he, he can relent, uh, you know, if he's getting ready to change Nineveh. Uh, so uh, he can do whatever he wants with a city. But there are those people that might be called to change that city mm. from earthly political government. And so they need, as your question suggests, they need to have an example from yeah. the Bible. So I would point them. I'm going to pull my Bible up here now to uh, Acts 16. It's all about the new church there, right? Right. Can I just read one verse from that? Yeah, do it. Uh, Acts 16:4. As they went through the cities, they delivered to them, to the cities, the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. So these are some decrees, some public policy that the apostles and elders came up with when they were in their small groups in unity, in unity. And then from there, guess who was most, the first ones that were blessed by that? Go ahead, Bobby. Can you see verse 5? Yeah, was the first five. ones that were blessed? Yes, so the churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in numbers daily. Amen. Wow, that's really great. 
Oh man, that's so good. So, and that answers the question of the whole um, dominionism thing. As soon as you start getting into, okay, I don't think we're a call to affect and, and to be a part of the change. We're just to sort of release God's judgment on it. And, and you know, none of us think uh, on this call that we're um, supposed to go in there and just take over as in... Um, um, pressing, moving people out of the way that we're supposed to come in as a right. servant and we're looking for ways to serve, but we are bringing the kingdom of God and the government of God wherever we go. And that's different than dominionism, isn't it? It is. And, and bringing the government of God is, okay, so you had the father that brought the first commandment in the book of Genesis. We've talked about that. And then the son said, well, I think I'm going to do just like dad, just like Papa. I'm going to bring one commandment uh, and establish my government just like he had one commandment establish his government. So he said, I'll tell you what, my new commandment is that you love one another. Mm. So I can assure you that if you get a small group of people of even three or four, the core group around Jesus was Peter, James, and John. Even if you got a group of three or four, and you started to love each other and become in unity, love each other, love and each other, unity, you start doing that, that one commandment, and then once you establish that love and unity, you start asking God, okay, what is your will for our city? He's going to answer. Wow. He's going to answer in his way that he'll do it, but he's going to answer us because he, his eyes are roaming the earth back and forth, looking for those who he can call upon. Yeah. And if you get in a posture that is positioned specifically inside of his heavenly government, a loving each other, and then you say, oh, by the way, God, we're ready to implement whatever idea you have for our city. He's saying, I'm all in. Yeah, come on. Come on. Now, I know those who are watching, they're super excited about bringing the government of God to your region. And it's super easy to get, uh, I'm going to use the word distracted, by our calling to the nations of the world because we are called to the nations. Go, therefore, into all of the world. And so that's super true. But the calling to your city first I mean, the uh, in the spirit realm, uh, the demonic realm, let's just start with that side of things. They know whether you've been able to pull off in your own city what you're trying to bring to other nations or not. And if it hasn't worked for you, how is it going to work through you? It's easier to go uh, for sure. And that is the calling of some. But to be able to pull it off in your own city, I want to go back to something you mentioned, Steve, about each city has a calling, just like... Um, people have a calling. And sometimes cities uh, and people too, we have several different um, callings or the way that that calling works out is different. Talk about the calling on a city because everybody that's watching right now, you're watching from a city. And, and my question to you is, have you found out what that calling is? And do you adore your city enough because that, that love is the foundation for authority, which is the government of God. And so talk about, Steve, the, uh, the, the call of a city and how to tap into finding out what that is. Well, there's a couple of different ways to answer that. 
Well, let me address the toughest part of the, the, the answer to that question. The toughest part to try and share with people is that when you come together in love and unity as a group of, say, five, four, five, seven, uh, Jesus found out that maybe even 12 was too many. Um, so that small group, um, that once you do that, you said something that answered your own question, Bobby, you said through you. Yep. And that when you get into that posture of love and unity in heaven's government, you become God's government. Yeah. You, the group, the group becomes God's government. Yeah. They become the ambassadors of Christ. And that God's will for that city is going to go through them. Yeah. And it won't necessarily involve the city council. So, for example, here in the city I'm in, all $22 million projects are through the seven people that are in this small group of apostolic, an apostolic team, whatever yeah. term you want to put on it. Yeah. It's not with the city council. It's with his government in that city. Yeah. So he's going to select seven people, if that's the number, that are uniquely qualified and uniquely gifted with the calling that's going to fulfill his call for that city. Wow. Wow. So, so it, it's kind of a thing like it took me years before that light bulb was, was illuminated. I'm just yep. a slow illuminator. <laughs> but, man, it's like we just noticed that as we had these apostolic teams popping up here in the Midwest. Yeah. That they were all taking on the same vision without really coordinating that much mm. that they were seeking God's will for the city and then aligning the city with God's will. But in every case, it was through them. Yeah. Not wow. through their city council. Wow. You know, when you mentioned 22 million, uh, what keeps coming to mind is Isaiah 22, 22. I'm and that is, down. that is the keys of wow. David. Wow. Isaiah twenty two twenty two. I, I didn't know that. That's good. I'm learning. Yeah, the keys of David. He says, I will open for you. I will lay upon you, first of all, uh, and, and that is the keys of David. And the Lord says, I will open doors that no man can shut, and I will shut doors that no man can open. And wow. that That's Isaiah twenty two twenty two anointing um, is super key wow. for being released in the government of God because we're understanding that we're not just solving problems based on sentiment, um, but we're doing what God's showing us is the need to solve the most pressing problems for that region. Sometimes the local government is aware and yeah. we can serve those initiatives yeah. and yeah. sometimes they're not aware or they're partially aware. And so that's where when you've got an apostolic team like yours that is sensitive to the need, uh, sometimes those two governments coincide and sometimes sometimes they don't. But to have that Isaiah 22, 22 anointing, which I think uh, the Lord's just saying is the foundation for these types of teams, um, I see that coming. Now, those of you 
uh, watching, you're like, okay, Isaiah 9, uh, 7, he, he mentioned that there's a, there's a conference coming up. How do I, I want to know about the government of God for my city. Let's move into a discussion about this conference coming up. You've got great speakers from all over. Just tell us about the conference, the heart of the conference, and the takeaways that those who are registering can expect to receive. Well, we want this conference to be an action conference, Bobby. Uh, and I know that you enjoy that. We don't want just big ideas. We want tangible steps that people can take to use Mary's phrase, Mary Musk, that she uses the term tangible steps. Mm -hmm. And so we want to, uh, and, and by the way, just for the audience, Mary is on staff with Kingdom Learning. So we want to uh, mention a shout out to her and all the work that she's doing. Uh, for this uh, for this conference, but she uses the term tangible steps. So we not only want these great ideas of God's government in cities, but then we want tangible steps to be able to take. So, for example, I will provide the first talk uh, uh, for of the I don't know if there's 12 confirmed speakers now, but I would uh, I'm confident that the listeners can expect and the participants, the attendees of this conference can expect that within the first 10 minutes of that first talk, they're gonna have four questions that are going to, three questions that are gonna lead to action. Mm. They're gonna start getting mobilized in action within the first 10 minutes of the first talk. Wow. And we want that to continue on throughout the conference. Yeah. Uh, so we're excited. We've got speakers that are known throughout the globe. They're already advertising it in Australia, I think, as you may realize. We've already got people registered from Australia. Uh, we've got Henny Soriel that we mentioned earlier who grew up in Egypt. He's got a wonderful following in Eastern and Western Europe. Uh, we've got uh, people like Lance Wallnow that's known throughout uh, the world and has a tremendous following. We've got some great leaders that are that are very good at both the spiritual heavenly government and people that are really good at the earthly government. So we're going to have both, and we're going to have representation from around the globe. But the objective is is that when registrants complete this conference, they are equipped and they're ready to hit the ground running, and we want them to start getting involved in the Isaiah 9-7 community and the Isaiah 9-7 uh, movement, which I think goes without saying. So we've got uh, information for that on both the Isaiah97.com website, or if you're more familiar with Eagle Mountain and with specifically Kingdom Learning, you can go on their website, go to their events page and register there. Either one works. Yes, we'll also have a link to register right here in the show notes. So if you're watching now, um, there'll be a link for you in the show notes so that you can go ahead and click on that. KingdomLearning.life that Steve is referring to is a website, a platform of Eagle Mountains. It's a ministry that uh, we have uh, with our team and Chris Banky, Mary Musk is a part of that. And, and more um, who have designed a platform to handle the digital experiences of conferences and summits and, and different uh, um, 
events like that. We've learned through COVID that the world is way smaller than we think and that people all over the planet can get equipped and receive an impartation um, right where you are. Um, and you don't have to travel thousands of miles to come. We still, there's something special about being in person, but we also learned through technology that if you're going to do a digital summit, um, it has to be experiential. Uh, not just putting a camera at the back of the room. We've got to have the technology to the point of excellence where speakers are having one-on-ones. They're looking in the camera. They're laying hands. They're prophesying and praying and imparting not just their teachings, but personal times of ministry as well as Q&A questions and answers that are live and relevant to your city. Um, it's not just a camera at the back of the room. And then also, once you... Um, click on the link and you get into the conference platform, you'll notice the ability to interact um, and network with several hundred and even thousands of people who join the conference. And that's where the fun begins because you get to network with people from all over the planet who are um, seeing possibly similar visions to yours. And then the relationships happen and you know how um, God works. And so, um, Steve, I, I think if I remember right, uh, you just got confirmation of a governor or a mayor. Um, I don't know if you can tell the details of all of that, but is that true? It sounds like you've got a government official that's going to be one of your uh, keynotes as well. More information to be announced. Okay, good deal. Well, I'm super excited. as a surprise for now. Okay, well, I'm, I, I'm leaning into the level of world changers that Steve is gathering for this conference. So uh, don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but I do want to say this is the level of speakers that he's going after. And a lot of these guys like Hanny, um, Dave Hodgson, um, Lance Wall now, and many more, um, I know they're good friends of ours, and they are shifting right now what God is saying regarding the government mountain. And so you want to be a part of that. And uh, Steve's right in the middle of it, just again, as an apostolic leader with his team. He is uh, shifting the way that we look at government. And hopefully today you've been able to hear that because often we think, oh, we just got to get in, occupy, and we've got to shift the earthly um, mountain and while we will do that and we are doing that, there is also a heavenly government that superimposes the earthly so that we don't have to be completely surprised that a worldly system is worldly. We understand that. But the cool thing about it, and this is what brings hope, is we're not limited to just transforming a worldly system. We're actually bringing heaven to earth. Amen. Steve, Amen. any Final comments for those watching to be a part of this Isaiah 9-7 conference that's coming up. And again, um, just a call to the people who are wondering if they should be involved. Uh, it's coming up on December 3rd. Is that correct? December 3rd and 4th. Yep. I would say to those people that are wondering whether they should be there, if you're watching this right now, it's not by accident. God wants you to be there. Yeah. The fact that you're watching this right now means you're already signed up. You just don't realize it yet. Um, so you need to follow through with the physical, to follow the spiritual. And God's calling you. Uh, he wants you to be a part of his team, uh, that, to be able to change your city, your state, or your nation. And 
even if you say, well, I'm busy December 3rd and 4th, it doesn't matter. Sign up now. Any snowy day, if you're in the north, uh, over the winter, you can watch the conference uh, at any point that you want. Yes. But the key is, is that you need to sign up now so that it's locked in, you've got it available, and you can watch the conference or even parts of it later on after it's done. Is that fair? That is true. Uh, a part of your registration does equal the archives. And so you'll be able to go back through, slow it down, take some notes and really get into the strategy side. And this is not going to be just a listen, look at the screen. This is going to be an interactive. And then as Steve said, 10 minutes into the first talk, you're going to have key takeaways and uh, sort of a, a push to the accountability side of putting apostolic feet to prophetic hope right there in your own world. And so um, it doesn't matter if you're called to the government mountain. As you see from this talk, God's government is coming to this world and you want to know what that looks like. And moreover, you want to know how to be a part of that. So Steve, Thank you so much for joining us, for taking the time uh, to be a part of this uh, podcast for Eagle Mountain Radio, as well as for um, taking the next steps to bring this conference to fruition. Amen. Thank you so much, Bobby. And thank you for your leadership there at Eagle Mountain. Yep. It's my pleasure for those watching Eagle Mountain Radio. Thanks for joining us. And again, look in the show notes. Click right now on that link to uh, register for the Isaiah 9-7 conference, and we'll see you next time.